here comes the sun here comes the sun and I say sorry Ken I might be off on that well folks you know what that tune means that's uh, reporter Ken Pletcher playing his rendition of here comes the sun so it is four o'clock 401 p.m. here in Carbondale and you are tuned into everything under the sun the Soper Sun's weekly radio program right here on KDNK. I'm your host, James Steinler, and we have a magnificent-looking newspaper that is fresh in this newsstands. If you could find it at the cutest yellow newsstand near you. Um, and uh, it's our Mountain Fair issue, so check it out. There's a huge bolt of lightning. Um, y'all may recall the wee hour... Uh, dry thunderstorm a few nights ago last week. Um, we got some great photos on there by or a photo by Doug Tucker. So check it out, and lots more of good, uh, great content to get through this week, as well as the Mountain Fair program, which you can find right in the center of this week's issue. Thanks again for staying tuned to Everything Under the Sun and Katie and Kay. Today, for Everything Under the Sun, we have a special guest, a fellow reporter, um, an award-winning reporter, uh, water reporter, Heather Sackett of Aspen Aspen Journalism. How are you, Heather? Great. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We appreciate it. And thanks for letting us uh, print your stories every once in a while. Um, I know we've, we've had a lot of uh, original content. We have a lot of freelancers, but whenever we get the chance to print some Aspen journalism, um, we always appreciate it because y'all do such a thorough job. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Anytime our stories can get out into the world. Uh, you know, we love that we're a nonprofit like you guys. So, um, anyone can reprint our stories. That's so cool. And uh, I know like I'll typically uh, email either you or Curtis. Um, what's Curtis's last name again? Uh, Wackerly. Wackerly. I'll either e- I'll email one of the two of you to ask to reprint a story just out of courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, today we're going to talk about a recent uh, article that was um, posted on the Aspen Journalism website. Aspen Journalism is strictly uh, on the web. Is that right, Heather? Yes, correct. Okay. Um, so this um, story was posted on July 21st, uh, so about almost a week ago. And it is studies say Janeway site promising for Crystal River backup water supply is the headline for that article. Um, and it details uh, two studies um, that uh, um, of possible augmentation plans at Janeway, um, which is along the Crystal River or on, on the sorry Crystal yeah Crystal River Road or along the Crystal River. Um, can you kind of describe for our listeners where along the Crystal River uh, this Janeway site is? Sure. So Janeway is, it's on the east side of the river, just downstream from the confluence of Avalanche Creek. So if you're driving on Highway 133, right before that turn for Avalanche Creek Road, you can kind of see um, there's a huge floodplain. It's a big field, and there's actually a little log cabin mm-hmm. um, there in the middle, and there's a pull-off. So um, you know, if you drive 133, you might be familiar with that area. Absolutely. And I've actually walked over in that plane uh, before. And uh, we had talked a little bit beforehand. Um, so if you're driving up towards Redstone, just before you get to the Avalanche, that bridge that goes over to Avalanche Creek ga- Campground. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
and yeah there's that cabin i i have walked over to that um that plane before we had discussed before the show that it was a in fact a natural flood plane is that right before the railroad and um that uh um construction i suppose right yeah um so that used to be the floodplain where the crystal river flooded every year um it's my understanding that once the highway 133 was built and also when the railroad was built through that area the river became much more channelized and Mm -hmm. um, the way we see it now so the floodplain is actually disconnected from the river really do you suppose it because uh, it seems like and because it is a more narrow channel now uh and jane way it seems like it's quite a few feet or quite elevated from the river basin right yeah it kind of is and so that would be one of the challenges if they're going to do a project in this location is kind of like how to engineer that with the gradient difference okay do you know if and i, I feel bad for admitting that i've been there uh, if this but is there public access to janeway yes yeah okay. so this is a forest service parcel and okay. there is a trail um Pagan county open space it's just a really short section of trail um that allows people to access this area okay great and i want to get into the two studies that you really helped break down i know that uh, some readers had expressed to me that beforehand they were very confused uh, who had gotten their hands on these studies just because they're quite dry uh, and as you had told me the same thing but before then i just want to uh introduce you a little bit more to listeners uh heather um what uh, what kind of led you into journalism and then to aspen journalism Um, Well, I have a background in community news, Um, so I've worked for several small local newspapers um, and also Katie K-O-T-O, Telluride. Fantastic. Um, Shout out to uh, public news, um, public radio news. And so I started freelancing for Aspen Journalism in the summer of 2018. So exactly when all this went down that we're going to get into a little bit, um, I was kind of... um, living a nomadic lifestyle, bouncing around between this valley and Boulder and Telluride. And um, I did eight stories that summer for Aspen Journalism. And uh, if you remember, that summer was super hot. Mm -hmm. That was the year of the um, fire on Basalt Mountain. So it was really smoky. And the Crystal River was running super low this year, too. I think at one point near the fish hatchery, it was at something like eight or 10 CFS. Um, And so that was kind of my introduction to covering um, water issues on the Crystal. Wow. And so that seems like it was probably pretty striking. And it's uh, that summer in particular is kind of in your face, that water scarcity and perhaps a reason to investigate it. Right. Yeah, for sure. It definitely piqued my interest even, um, you know, five or six years ago. How long have you been in the Valley, if I may ask, or in the area? Um, so full-time since um, about four years, since July 2019. Great and cool. Um, and, okay, and you already answered my question about how long you've really been with Aspen Journalism, about since 2018, freelancing. Uh, what's your capacity at Aspen Journalism now? Um, so I'm the water desk editor, and I cover the Colorado River and water issues in western Colorado. Okay, great. Um, and so how long have you been, uh, covering and looking at the Crystal River? It sounds like since about that time, 2018. Yeah. Yep. That was kind of my first introduction. And then, you know, there's just been a lot of focus on the Crystal recently with, um, you might be familiar with the campaign to do the wild and scenic designation. Um, and then this augmentation plan study. Um, so a lot of, you know, really interesting things happening on the Crystal these days. 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And uh, passions are pretty high on the crystal and have been um, for a long time. Um, and not and just with the Crystal River, of course, and then uh, with environmental concerns as well. I know Savepa has always been very active in the Crystal River Valley. Um, so, um, and you kind of gave me a hint, it sounds like. Back in 2018, and we're going to get into this this call that was made on the Ella Ditch um, when a senior water rights holder exercised their right to a call. Um uh, was that on your radar back in 2018 when you first started looking at these water issues? Um, so that wasn't really on my radar. Okay. I became aware of it maybe a month or two after it happened. Okay. Because um, there was some state action. There was a lot of stuff going on in the Crystal that year. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, I, I believe there was an in-stream flow call. That's where the state can place a call when they... Um, flows drop below a certain level for the environmental benefits. So the state placed a call for that. And then there was the call on the Ella. And then there was also um, the Division of Water Resources actually turned down a headgate of one of the ditches that they said was wasting water. Um, so a lot of stuff going on uh, administration-wise on the crystal that year. Okay. Um, so then tell me, how did your investigation into this story about Janeway, um, uh, when did that start? Um, well, I, I was kind of aware that this study was happening okay. for, I guess, um, it's been almost four years, you know, since this happened almost four years ago. And then um, the Division of Water Resources, based out of Glenwood, they well, I guess maybe should we back back up and yeah. Do you want to go? Do you want to talk to? Let's so maybe let's fill people in on what happened in 2018. Or okay, um, yeah. So there, um, basically, flows on the coastal were really low, mm-hmm. and a senior water rights holder on the Ella Ditch was not getting the full amount of their water rate that they are entitled to. So when that happens, you can place a call. And so you basically go to the state division of water resources and you say, hey, I'm not getting my whole amount that I'm allowed to. Can you please tell these upstream users that are junior to me that they have to shut down so that I can get my full amount? And so in the water world, if you have an, a very old water right, it's sort of more powerful. You get first use of the river before a junior water right that's younger than you. Um, and so that's what happened with the call. They ended up, um, and well, the problem with that is that some of the junior water rights holders upstream are actually wells mm-hmm. that provide water to homes. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and those are the junior water rights holders. And so they're, f- and, um, Sorry, just backing up. I just got stuck on the term for uh, the um, that water law or for water rights when there's senior water rights and junior water rights. Is that there's another term for that? Something appropriation. Yes. Yep. That's called prior appropriation. Prior so appropriation. it basically just means first in time, first in right. So if you have an older water right, then you get first use of the river. Okay. And so then those. Um, uh, se- um, sorry, junior water right holders upriver where they have wells that uh, feed into their households. Is that right? Yes. Yep. So then um, h- asking them to, uh, uh, sorry, um, to limit their use, um, is that, uh, 
would that include the indoor use? So technically, yes. Um, If you're following the letter of the law, that's what is supposed to happen. However, the Division of Water Resources said, um, hey, guys, we have a problem. Um, I'm not going to shut off water to these particular indoor wells Mm because, you know, that'd be bad to have people turn on their taps and not have water come out. So they said, um, you guys, all of you junior water users have to come up with a plan, a basin-wide plan for, um, it's called an augmentation plan. And so basically they have to find a replacement source of water to, um, you know, when there's a call on, they have to be able to replace the water that they want to continue using indoors. Um, it's very unlikely that the state would ever turn off indoor water use. They've never done it before. Division mm-hmm. five's never done it. Um, they would, they might turn off outdoor water use. They might say, you know, if you're on these wells and you're watering your lawn, maybe you can't do that. Okay. And the treble, and I remember reading this in your article, um, with, uh, the, some of these residences on the crystals, they don't have an augmentation. Right, plan. exactly. That's the that's kind of the whole problem. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and just uh, for uh, listeners and people like me who aren't too familiar, all these indoor wells would also be reliant on the crystal. Yes. Yeah. So groundwater, the river, it's all sort of tied together. Yep. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, so. Um, Let's get into the, uh, I suppose, the two studies. Um, Those two studies, they they were launched in 2018 following the call on Ella Ditch. Is that right? Yes. Yep. So these, um, there's some engineering firms that got a a state grant to Mm -hmm. look into what are the potential sources for this augmentation water? How could we find replacement water um, if there's ever a call on the river again? Um, So they were just looking into, you know, where could this water come from? Potential storage ponds, potential projects like what um, is being suggested on Janeway, which is uh, basically aquifer recharge. So you would just get the floodplain saturated and that water would sort of percolate down slowly and then eventually make its way back to the river, but there'd be a lag time. So Mm. you would take that water in the spring during high runoff. And then ideally it would take a couple months to actually get back to the river and be that augmentation source um, when it's most needed in late summer, like July, August, September. Mm-hmm. Now, I and correct me if I'm wrong, but I also recollect uh, from reading your article that a, a worry there, at least for the natural um, uh, suggestion for the natural option, is that the water may um, uh, seep into the crystal er- too early. And yeah. When, before the uh water levels are low. Yeah, exactly. Um, They're doing more studies right now. The River District has just applied for a permit from the Forest Service to install these. um, They're called piezometers. They Mm -hmm. measure um, like groundwater and and uh, they're trying to determine how fast that lag time is because they think it might be in June, and but the most demand would be in July. So it's a little bit mistimed. So, um, you know, it's still kind of unclear how much of an augmentation source the Janeway parcel might be. Okay. And then the other option um, would be a recharge pond. Yeah, so okay. so that so that would kind of be the first option would be sort of the natural process based mm-hmm. um, project, and that would also include you know some riparian revegetation and kind of um, you know some restoration. Mm-hmm. But then the second 
option would be just your basic straightforward um, recharge pond that acts, you know, have like an outlet works and um, it would be more just like a small reservoir. Mm -hmm. But same idea with aquifer recharge and, and it would be in the same general location. Okay. And also, and I was, because it sounded like the second option, uh, like a recharge pond would be more affordable. Right. Yeah. It would be more affordable. Um, but it would, so the more natural, um, project with environmental benefits, that one is, um, estimated to cost $1.5 million Mm -hmm. and it's still unclear who would fund that. Okay. The recharge pond which is a similar concept, but smaller and without those environmental benefits, that would be a much cheaper option. Um, they didn't say exactly how much cheaper. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, and would the, is the idea to, uh, with the first option, the natural option uh, to have this aquifer, is that kind of to return to the, uh, are they, does it have any relation to what the original Janeway um uh, sorry, um, water, what am I trying to... Flood, flood, flood plain? plain yeah, um, yeah, I think that's the idea. I okay. think, um, you know, if they could make it how it was, kind of pre-railroad and pre-highway, I think, um, you know, and reconnect the river to the floodplain, that would be the idea. Okay, great. Um, now, there's a couple terms in your article, uh, augmentation and water replacement. Are those, this, are those the same uh, meaning? Yeah, those are the same. I use them inter- interchangeably. You okay. know, augmentation is kind of a jargony yeah. uh, engineering or, and legal term, uh, which I try to stay away from. So I just um, said water replacement plan. But yeah, they're the same. Okay. Um, how was it um, going through these reports about how long? So are there two separate studies? How long is each study? Um, there are two separate studies. The first one, I think, was around 55 or so pages, and that's the kind of the straightforward engineering study. And then the one that's more environmental-based, and that was done by American Rivers and other groups. Um, and that one was only about 10 pages. But, um, yeah, a big part of my job is sort of looking at these mm-hmm. complicated engineering studies and then um, going to find an engineer <laughs> so they can tell me whether I, I'm understanding it correctly or not. Okay, great. And um, sorry, that question slipped my mind about the um, studies. Can you? Um, oh, um, well, there's so there's two different studies, um, and the one area of overlap where they said um, this is a potential area to do a project was the Janeway, and so that's kind of why I focused my story on that because it was the one area. Um, that both studies said there was potential. Right. And you, uh, you mentioned, I think towards the end of the study where there's other options, uh, that were also mentioned in the studies, but not necessarily overlap. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, or in one of the studies at least. Um, how did you get your hands on the studies? <laughs> that was my, that uh, was a question. Well, invaded. I've been waiting for this study for a long time and, and uh, pestering people for it. Um, but uh, I got it, I think, about a month ago. And it, you know, it's it's public. It's publicly funded. Mm-hmm. Um, it's out there. It's kind of being circulated among various groups, um, interested parties. Um, and it's also my understanding that the engineers are going to do some sorts of presentations at various public meetings, maybe the Colorado Basin Roundtable, things like that, to sort of get it out to the public. Okay. Are both of these studies publicly funded and uh, funded by the same institutions? Or? 
Um, I think, well, so the, the bigger engineering study that was mostly funded by a grant from the Colorado Water Conservation Board, that's the state uh, water board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other study, I believe, was American Rivers and the Colorado River District. Okay, great. Uh, for our listeners, you are tuned into Everything Under the Sun. This is, uh, your, excuse me, the Sopra Sun's weekly radio program right here on KDNK. I'm your host, James Steinler, and I'm here with uh, award-winning water reporter Heather Sackett of Aspen Journalism talking about her recent article, Studies Say Janeway Site Promising for Crystal River Backup Water Supply. Thank you for listening. Uh, we have about eight minutes, or a little less than eight minutes left in the show, Heather. Um Uh, so can you tell me um, what are the uh, – so obviously some arguments for um, uh, for an augmentation plan such as Janeway, this potential plan at Janeway, uh, would be for water replenishment during a drought or during really dry uh, years when the river might get very low. What are some arguments against um, such augmentation? Um, well, like uh – Picking County official says in the story, um, you know, this is just a very big, complicated, expensive engineering endeavor. And um, she said, you know, perhaps we should look at the low hanging fruit first. Uh, I was told by the division engineer that all of the wells on the crystal that are sort of the subject of this study, um, they use significantly less than 1% of the water that agriculture uses. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, you know, maybe there are other areas to look, um, you know, make sure everybody's following the letter of the law when it comes to not wasting water, things like that, before we undertake, um, you know, a large solution that would require just, you know, extensive engineering and be expensive. That's right. And uh, yeah, you had quoted uh, Pitkin County, uh, ter- uh, assi- assistant Pitkin County attorney, uh, Laura McCarr, it sounds like, um, at the end of your article. And um so maybe making some looking at areas where there could be some savings in water prior to um jumping to an augmentation plan mm-hmm. okay um so we did and you already did define senior water rights for us which i really appreciate uh there is uh senior water rights are before a certain year can you fill me in on that well, so see, senior water rights, when you talk about senior and junior, it's okay. basically just like in relation to each other. Okay. So whoever has the earliest date is the senior water right. Whoever has the younger date is the junior water right. Um, but also it's talked about as sort of um, pre and post compact. So 1922, mm-hmm. when the Colorado River Compact was signed, you know, you'll often hear people say um, senior water rights holders or junior water rights holders in reference to that 1922 date. Okay. Okay, I got you. Um, and as interestingly, and as noted in your uh, article, that the town of Carbondale itself has junior water rights compared to some of these agricultural water rights, uh, including the Ella Ditch on the Crystal. Yeah, Carbondale gets a little complicated. Um, Carbondale proper has, um, you know, pretty old senior water right um but there are some homes off the nettle creek pipeline um that would be affected by a call situation like this um and so basically carbondale gets most of its water from nettle creek and then there's a pipeline that brings it six miles into town um, but people who live along there get their water from that pipeline 
And so um, the town of Carbondale, they can, if there's a call, they can supplement with water from the Roaring Fork. So everyone in town, no problem. Um, Mm -hmm. They can just use that source of water. However, there's no way to physically pump the water from the Roaring Fork back up that Nettle Creek pipeline. Um, But the town is actually working on a pump back project right now. It's my understanding it's it's still in the works so that they um, would be able to do that. But so, yeah, it's really just I think it's about 45 or 50 homes on that pipeline that would um, be the issue. Okay. Um, back to the Ella Ditch, do we know what subdivisions might be affected um, or what areas um, if uh, the, a call were exercised? Yes, I knew you were going to ask that, and I, <laughs> and I looked it up. Um, <laughs> let me see. Um, so this would be Chair Mountain Ranch, um, Crystal View Heights, Crystal River Resort, Marble Water Company and Seven Oaks Commons. Those are the okay. subdivisions. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you for clarifying that. I appreciate it. Um, so DWR, and uh, remind me again what that stands for. Uh, Division of Water Resources, and their uh, Division 5 is based out of Glenwood. Based out of Glenwood. Uh, they ultimately would make the decision as to whether or not to enact a call, um, but a call would initially... Uh, come from a um, water rights holder, is that right? Yeah, so the way it works is the water rights holder has to ask for a call to be administered. So they say, hey, I'm not getting my full amount. They call up DWR and they say, um, I'd like to place a call. Can you, um, you know, administer all of the junior water rights above me so that I can get my full amount? Okay. Um, and can you get, tell us if there's any sort, so the two studies that we spoke about, um, is there any sort of timeline as to when any decision might have been, might be made or anything? Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure. I think, um, right now the, the people who did the study are just kind of getting that information out there. I don't think any decisions have been made. I think, um, you know, they say a lot of research still needs to be done about the Janeway site and how, you know, good that might be as a site for potential augmentation. Um, so yeah, still kind of a lot up in the air, but the good thing is that the division of water resources has said that they're not going to shut off water to homes. Um, if there's another call, as long as people are working toward a solution. Okay, great. Heather, we have about a minute and a half left. Uh, could you, um, anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Oh, geez. And I know we had talked a little bit about wild and scenic, if you want to. Oh, okay. Um, Well, I think, you know, one of the reasons Pitkin County has kind of been um, concerned about this augmentation study is that they want to get a wild and scenic designation on the Crystal River, um, you know, Pitkin County among others. And if there's an on-channel reservoir, then that could affect the... Um, eligibility. And so, um, you know, what the River District has said is that we won't do an on-channel reservoir so that you could still potentially have the wild and scenic. We're only going to look at off-channel solutions. Um, But I think there's sort of like a history of mistrust there a little bit. Okay. And so, yeah, wild and scenic could, you know, maybe come into play depending on what is decided as far as going forward with the augmentation plan. Okay, great. Well, Heather, I want to thank you for joining us on Everything Under the Sun today. Yeah, thanks, James. This was awesome. Oh, it's so much fun having you in here. Uh, For our listeners, you've been listening to Everything Under the Sun. 
Go on to aspenjournalism.org and you can find Heather's article uh, right there. Uh, thank you, Aspen Journalism, for offering uh, great sources and letting us reprint your stuff sometimes. Everyone have a great Mountain Fair. Are you going to Mountain Fair, Heather? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Awesome. We'll see you there. <laughs> have a great day, everyone. And stay tuned for El Sol Habla. Thank you.